0: His procedure coming up, and uh, and uh, the May family and uh, Joyce Davis, and uh, so we'll just we'll just pray real quick, dear Lord. Uh, we do lift up uh, Brother Carl and his procedure he's going to have soon. We pray that would be successful, and we pray also for Joyce Davis as she recovers from that fall, and for the May family as they're uh, recovering from COVID-19. Please do help them all to heal and recover. And uh, thank you for this church and this time we have together. Bless this church to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And bless this time together now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are finishing up the handout of the handout. I believe we still have some on the back, uh, back uh, sound booth, if anybody needs them. I hope we do anyway. So uh, Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 81, My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget thy statutes. How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have digged pits for me which are not after thy law. All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Quicken me after thy loving kindness; so shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. And so just to catch up on the main handout, we're on page 4 on uh, number 6, and it's uh, verse 86. All thy commandments are faithful, they persecute me wrongfully, help thou me. And so we've been looking at the handout that's the focus of, uh, help thou me. In other words, it's all about the help. <laughs> And, uh, and this, again, is another repeating theme in Psalm 119. And there's a reason. Every time, like Pastor has said, every time you see repetition in the Bible, it's there on purpose. And when God repeats himself and repeats himself, generally it's things that you and I need to hear. And Psalm 119 have, has these repeating themes. And, uh, and I've been thankful for this study. I feel like I've, I've, I've uh, been blessed and, and grown in it. So, um, in, uh, nope, that's, got the wrong paper out. So, um. We're on the back half of the handout, the addendum, help, uh, Hope for the Saints. Um, so on the back page, uh, we've looked at, at the top there where it says the help, and um, we looked at the scripture teaches us to expect help. And then uh, number two, we are not expo- uh, uh, told to expect trials to cease, but given hope through the trials. And letter E is where we are tonight. Help for now, hope for the future. God is faithful to send us what we need, until he takes us to our hope. And let me repeat that again. Help for now, hope for the future. God is faithful to send us what we need until he takes us to our hope. And so uh, I have just a few thoughts about that before we continue on in the handout, uh, the regular handout. So Psalm 57, verse 1 says, Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I thought that's a very good verse for Christians because a lot of times, and I mentioned this last time, I've been guilty of this as well, of waiting until every other avenue is extinguished, <laughs> every other possible way we could get help is gone, and then when you're at the bottom of, uh, of, uh, of, of your rope and, uh, and every other, that, that's when you pray. But listen, our place is to pray immediately. As soon as, you know... At all times, it's good to pray, but uh, especially at the beginning of a problem and not, in, not waiting for it to escalate. And so um, I I love what the, what the psalmist says. I believe it's David. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. It's a beautiful verse, and it's a very good verse for us as Christians. And so, uh, and then the last thing I'd like to share about this thought is help, help for now, hope for the future. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter twenty-six. Isaiah chapter twenty-six. This is an extraordinary collection of verses here, and uh, Isaiah twenty-six verse sixteen. So uh, we'll read this, and then we'll talk about it. Isaiah twenty-six verse sixteen: Lord, in trouble have they visited thee; they poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them like as a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery as is in pain and crieth out in her pangs so have we been in thy sight o lord we have been with child we have been in pain we have as it were brought forth wind we have not wrought any deliverance in the earth neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen we're going to keep going but first of all the people's pain and they said they brought forth wind and so they said that we're just like people that have been with child, and yet we didn't bring forth a child. When, when the time was come, we didn't profit anyone. That We didn't bring into the world anything good. <laughs> and uh, so it says we, are not, we have not wrought any deliverance in the earth. And so I, I, I think one important point here is that you, know, you and I cannot profit the world, and you and I do not profit God. You realize that, right? I mean, when God saved us, it's because He had compassion upon us. And it's not because we could bring anything to the, to the equation, it's that God had compassion on us. And it's not that, that God doesn't want us to live for Him, it's that it's all with God. We serve with God. God in our life is what makes the difference. And it's not uh, you and I bringing stuff to the table. Anyway, the point is, is, uh, is here in this point, you see, I think, some desperation here. And it says, like as a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery, as in pain is in pain, and crieth out in her pangs, so have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child, we have been in pain, we have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. And I just wanted to make note of this, that you know, you and I, at the beginning, in other words, for salvation... We can only cry unto God. The good news is, is God already did everything necessary to save any and every soul that will ever come to him and who has ever come to him. The, the work, the debt has been paid. Glory to God. There's, and That's something, Isaiah, that I hope you can convey to your friend, Amanda, that you know, a lot of people think, well, I can't do this, and I can't do this, and I can't do this. The, all the roadblocks to someone receiving forgiveness of sins are taken out of the way. The only, the only question is whether or not we have the desire to be forgiven. If you come to Christ and you say, I, I want you to forgive me for my sins. Do you know the Bible gives a guarantee that he will in no wise cast anyone out? Anyone who comes to Jesus Christ looking for forgiveness of their sins and salvation will receive it. Forgiveness eternally and, and salvation Folks, there has never been a greater gift in all the humanity than what Christ has provided, and He provides it free. I love how uh, Revelation 22 says, Come into the water, all who... uh, I'm going to misquote it. (laughs) Revelation 22, let's see. I don't even know exactly which verse it is. In the Spirit, verse 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come... And, and let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst Come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Folks, forgiveness is free. Salvation is free. There are no, there are no hindrances to someone receiving the free gift of eternal life. Now that, that, that gift has an impact on every soul that's ever received it. But the receiving of it is free. It's absolutely free. And that's something to, for us to rejoice in. And anyway, so that brings us back to this, this, this thing where they have cried out. And they've said, we've brought, we've brought no, uh, no deliverance in the world. And, uh, and so this verse 19 is very peculiar. And there are places like this in the scripture. And, uh, and the way I discovered this verse, is somebody asked me a few years back, was there a verse in the Old Testament that referred to resurrection? And I, I was kind of stumped. I, I didn't know. And I found this verse. This is so amazing. (laughs) Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing ye that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs. And the earth shall cast out the dead. You see in this passage here where there's a people and crying out and saying, Lord, we have nothing. We've brought forth nothing. And then you have this verse right in the middle of this. And I don't know about you, sometimes I come to verses like this and I'm perplexed. Why is this the response to their cry? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, folks. But I tell you what, I'm very thankful this passage is in the Scriptures. It specifically is referring to Christ. There in the Old Testament, this is a prophecy regarding the Lord Jesus Christ and His resurrection from the dead, and the fact that the Bible says very clearly that if, if He has risen from the grave, then I also, which put my trust in Christ, I also am going to rise from the grave. Folks, that is something to celebrate every day that, you're, that you're, you wake up and you, and, and you know the grace of God is still real. Brother Patrick? Amen. Amen. That's right. And that's uh, all, all the deliverance that's being wrought in the earth is by God. Absolutely. And so then verse 19 again. The dead, thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing ye that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs. And the earth shall cast out the dead. So there's, there's hope here. And it, it, it might seem unconnected. It's not. It's, this is something that is in response to their crying but it's also for us. We are profited by this this passage. So verse 20. Come, my people, enter into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. And continue into verse 27. Remember the the separations between chapters. That's not... Divinely inspired. I, I think men probably were led of God in a lot of, lot of the decisions they made here, but we don't know that this is exactly where there should be a division. And uh, anyway, I, I think verse seven, verse, chapter 27, verse 1, is a, is a continuation of the previous thought. In that day, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, and Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea so all these things that you're reading about, these are the, the, there's, a, there's a cry coming from a people. God answers with an eternal answer. And that's, that's God for you. <laughs> and listen, folks, God has been doing that since the beginning. Mankind crying to God, and He has not just an answer for now. And we, folks, we often want an answer for now. Uh, when I'm crying unto God about a need that I have, it's a need that I'm having right now. And an answer that I'm looking for right now. But listen, folks, it is no shortcoming of God's when He gives an eternal answer for an immediate problem. The thing is, is it all comes back to kind of what Patrick just said. God is the answer at all times. An eternal answer is always the answer. So I'm saved, I'm born again, and yet I have day-to-day problems that I come to God for. Do I still need an eternal answer? Well, it's never wrong when God gives it. That's the point. <laughs> and here's, here's also part of that. The trust needs to be in God. And folks, you and I, again, we're sometimes deceived by our senses. And we're deceived by our heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Our heart can deceive us. Our senses can deceive us. Certainly the world around us can deceive us. And folks, a great deal of what you and I need to do with any problem is immediately, like, like we read in the psalm there just a minute ago, you know, be merciful unto me, O God, uh, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Folks, that's what we need to do For Every child of God in this room, that's the answer to whatever your problem is right now. And and again, you know, my mind always goes to, well, Brother Brett, the the bills have to be paid. How is Jesus Christ the answer to, my bills got to be paid? Listen, folks, he's the answer to that problem. He's the answer to a health need. He's the answer to friction between friends. He's He's the answer to someone, you know, threatening my life. You will never go wrong fleeing to Jesus Christ. Listen, folks, God and His answers are more real than anything that our senses can convey to us. I, I, I'm sure, I hope everybody in this room believes that. The thing is, is we kind of tend to divide our, our lives. We compartmentalize. There's life at church and life with prayer, life, and then there's real life. Folks, there's no distinction. That's our, our old man, our flesh, and the world. They tell us to think that way. But there is no separation. The Bible says that this that you see in this world, it's all going to pass away. This is not the real stuff. The piano, the carpet, the ceilings, the walls, and even our flesh, this is not going to last. What's going to last is God and our relationship with Him and what He is doing in the world right now. That will last. And so it would behoove us to retrain our hearts and our minds to, to realign. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> to realign. That's the, the, you know, to, uh, to calibrate. Calibrate our hearts and our minds to, to think spiritually. And that, folks, again, the electric bill is due. I don't have the money. Listen, is there a spiritual answer for that? Yes. Jesus Christ. You pray, and then you start looking for the answers. Lord, I, how am I going to pay this bill? Listen, God doesn't tell you to ignore that problem. He says, bring it to Him. I love that in Peter where he says, cast all thy cares upon Him, for He careth for you. Every need that was mentioned here tonight and everyone that wasn't mentioned and everyone that you and I will face tomorrow, God knows them all. And listen, there is no shortcoming in his hand. There's no problem that you and I can come to him, first of all, that he didn't see coming. And second of all, that he doesn't know how to answer. He knows how to answer them all. I, I've shared with you guys before, George Mueller, he's a he's a he's a, a contemporary, current day, Powerful man of faith. And he, the, 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 the word, what I've read about him and heard about him is that he had determined he would never come to another man with a need. That he would just take all the needs straight to God. He, he ran, I, I can't give you any numbers, I know he, he was responsible for millions and millions of, of uh, dollars of, of care for orphans. And he never came to a man for the need. One of my favorite stories about that, you must, some of you have probably heard this, but uh, they sat down and there was no milk, there was no food, they had nothing. <laughs> and Mr. Mueller, in his great faith, says, everybody sit down, we're going to give thanks for the dinner, for the meal. And everybody thought he was insane. And he sat down, everybody down, and he said, thank you, Lord, for this meal that we're about to receive. There was nothing on the table. I don't know if he was the only one praying at that point. They might have all been mad. (laughs) But he said, in Jesus' name, amen. And immediately there was a knock on the door. He went and answered the door. I know he answered it by faith. He was thinking, this is the answer to to my prayer for thanking God for the meal. And there was a man who had a a, a bread truck broken down. And he said, listen, my truck is broken down. I can't deliver any of this food. It's just going to go bad. There's milk. There's bread. Can you you use it? Folks, that kind of expectation that God is going to meet the need, that kind of confidence and trust that no matter what I see with my eyes, no matter what people tell me, God is up to the task. I'm, I'm thankful for how, again, back in Psalm, he says, be merciful unto me, O God, uh, Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. In other words, Lord, I am trusting in you right this moment. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. You know, very clearly, you and I are supposed to treat the Lord just like that. A refuge in the storm. And folks, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's incumbent upon all of us. If you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior... He is meant to be all things to you, everything, all the time, every day, all day long. And so this passage, you know, I'm just going to recap it real quick. The people's pain, they brought forth wind, God's comfort or refuge and to look to the future. And then uh, the last part is God will punish the wicked. He will punish Leviathan. He will slay the dragon. And, And that represents the adversary to God's to God and God's people. And folks, every problem you and I are facing, you know, at some point it just all comes down to that. You know, we tend to think that the moments of of need that we're facing right now, that that is that's the big problem. That's the big issue, folks. That's just nuts and bolts. It's just circumstance. And it doesn't matter how pressing it is, God has the answer. And right now, the most important thing that you and I can do is, is focus on following and obeying God what His will is for our lives right now. And again, it's not. Let me just keep on with the, the, uh, the electric bill. God's not saying don't, don't pay the electric bill. He's saying don't worry about the electric bill. Don't worry about any of the problems that are pressing. Folks, leave the future in God's hands. I, and, and I'm being a little hypocritical here because that's, again, the place where I tend to go. What if this? What if this? What if this? Worrying about things that have not come to pass. And I, and I can tell you, I have looked back so many times and thought, you know, all, all that worrying I was doing, and, and it didn't even come to pass. It didn't even happen like I thought it, it probably would. And listen, folks, God doesn't need you and I to fret. He doesn't need you and I to worry. He simply, and, and, in, and in a very real sense, folks, it's dishonoring to God when you worry. Like God's not going to answer the prayer. And I, I don't know about where you are, <laughs> I know where I am, I know that God is the answer, I know he can, my, my or my friend is always, but well, what's going to happen? <laughs> so listen, you know, we need to have the confidence to say, whatever happens, I'm in God's hands and I can trust him to take care of me and my family. And so uh, back to our regular handout, and we've uh, finished up number six. So now we're on number seven, in the world, tribulation. The blanks are, in the world, tribulation. And so Psalm 119, verse 87, They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. And again, you know, what we're just talking about, Mr. Mueller, and, uh, and what happened that day. And I, I forgive me that I, I, I repeated it so poorly. I don't know the, the story well enough, and I, I don't repeat information well. That's why I asked Melissa to, to recap uh, the prayer request for Sarah. But um, anyway, the, the point is, is that God will bring us sometimes right up into the very doorstep of need. And God, he, God never said that we wouldn't suffer need. He wouldn't. He never said that we wouldn't have hard times. And in the contrary, we're going to look at this. Uh, that you know, He guaranteed we will have hard times. You know, the prosperity gospel. That's a, <laughs> folks. That's that's hogwash. God never said you'll prosper and keep prospering because you're 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 the children of God. That's hogwash. What God said, what the Lord Jesus said, is that you're going to have uh, uh, difficulties and trials and tribulations. Let's go ahead and, and look at this in the notes. It says ours is not a fairy tale existence. Walking with the Lord comes at a price, and I, I've said to you guys before uh, many times that you know, you know, growing up, I. You know, it's not that anybody set out to do me wrong. (laughs) But I was kind of surrounded with, and it seeped into me that life was supposed to be a fairy tale existence. And that someday there was going to be a pot of gold, and there was going to be a happily ever after and all that stuff. Well, there will be. (laughs) There will be for the child of God. There's going to be a happily ever after. But it's not in this life. He doesn't... God never promised that. And so, you know... uh, you know, in my thirties, I think it was that it began to dawn on me that man, life can be hard—not just hard, but life can be heartbreaking, sorrow, things that 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 just you know that just bring you down to this this, this place of 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 you know deep contrition and deep you know and it's, and it's not always the world around you. Sometimes it's what I find in me that breaks my heart. And again. You know, God expects us that as we learn and grow to begin to calibrate. Take all your needs, all the stuff on the inside and all the stuff on the outside and bring it all to God. You, you know, if you have blown it today worse than you have ever done it before. It's sin that has to be confessed and you trust what God says. First John nine: if we can confess our sins, he is Faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins. Listen folks, that promise is in the Bible because you and I need that promise. We are expected to bring our burdens, our cares, our needs at every level to the Lord and trust Him for it. But listen, God promises us that this life will not be a fairy tale. So letter B here in your notes is it is exactly what Christ said we can expect from him. If you turn to Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10 verse 24. This is the Lord Jesus speaking and he's speaking to his disciples. Matthew chapter 10 verse 24, uh, chapter 10 verse 24, the disciple is not above his master nor the servant above his lord. It is enough for the for the disciple that he be as his master. And the servant as as his lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the rooftops. And fear them not, which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before before men, him will I confess also before my father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my father, which is in heaven. Folks, again, the most important thing for the disciple of Christ. And folks, let me just just pause there for a second and and state very clearly this, that you could be saved, a child of God and going to heaven, and not be a disciple for Christ. A disciple is someone who is intent on following and obeying God's commandments. And very specifically, folks, there there are so many things, so much guidance that God gives us in His Word. Listen, our life, our existence is very straightforward. We are to obey the Lord. And we are to share the truth of Jesus Christ. God promises to take care of all of our needs at every level. But you and I get so wrapped around the axle about things that we worry about and many times things that we cannot change instead of obeying God. And folks, let me just tell you, there are, there are so many Christians that disqualify their own service to God. Well, I, I can't do that, that the scriptures saying there. I can't do that. Other men might be able to do that. I can't do that. Listen, folks, if there's something that you read in the Bible that God tells His people to do, don't disqualify your ability to obey God. And we make excuses, but excuses are, are just that. <laughs> The thing is, folks, is God wants us to focus on the fact that we're not to be afraid of any people. (laughs) We're not supposed to fret about what they will do to us or anything like that. You see three times there, the Lord Jesus specifying not to fear man. And yet, how many of us stop doing what we're supposed to be doing because we're afraid of man? Patrick, you had your hand raised. I think I forgot to come back to you. (laughs) God, First John one nine. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, and, and it's such a beautiful thing, you know, to to be able to think that God only is able to forgive me, <laughs> but He's just. It is right for Him to forgive me. And, you know, I I can't speak for you. I imagine I'm not I'm not the only one. That you know will fall into temptation, fall into sin and 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 just wallow in misery about it, and Satan is there just kicking the stuffing out of you. listen folks, God tells us to confess our sins, get up and move on that 's the way it should be for a Christian not to, not to live in misery Satan I, 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 I know that that's what he does. He tempts you to sin when you sin. He punishes you for sinning. And listen, God tells us to cast all of our cares before him, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. So um, as, as we looked on, Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven you know, that passage really breaks down the Christian life very succinctly. Confessing Christ before men. And again, folks, there's so many things that we come up with that are reasons why I can't. Folks, there's, there are no reasons. There's no legitimate reasons why you and I cannot confess Christ. Again, I, listen, folks, I am not telling you you need to be a preacher. God God will call whoever He wants to do whatever He wants. But listen, if you say, Lord, help me be obedient to this passage. You have saved me from my sins. You died on the cross. You were buried three days. You rose again. And now I am saved forever because of what you've done. Listen, Lord, I need you to help me to confess you before men. Listen, folks, it's not just a matter of Grabbing somebody and preaching at them. Christ needs to be lived out. Certainly with your mouth, but also with every other part of you. The way you walk, what you do, what you choose to focus your life on. Christ is worthy. Can I get an amen there? He is worthy of us living all day long, every day, for the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I need to set things in the proper order. Jesus first in everything. My my family, my life, my my loved ones, my my church family, my neighbors, they need to come before me. And yeah, God loves me too. And what, what I need or what I hope for is also part of His plan. But Christ first. And everybody else before me. And then I need to not worry about me. <laughs> I think we, we worry so much about ourselves that it's hard for us to make time for anybody else. Listen, folks, without question, the equation is very simple, but so few Christians even under, be, approach to understanding it. The Lord makes you happy when you get things in the proper order. God gives you joy and peace and contentment. All the things that, that, that all the world is chasing after, God gives them to you in abundance. When you put things in the proper order. Christ first. And Christ Christ is the all of our lives. And in the process of making Him all, wife and children and loved ones and brothers and sisters, they all gain prominence by making Christ all. But when you get it reversed and you make me prominent, and yeah, I I should probably love my wife too. And yeah, I should probably take care of my kids. And yeah, I should probably be nice to the neighbors. I should show up at church from time to time. I should be a good member of the community, I guess. Listen, folks, that's nothing but self-serving stinginess. And folks, that's, it's very much what many Christians are involved in, by default. You don't have to wake up and say, you know what, I think I'm just going to live for me today. Because nobody does that. You just, by default, wake up and put yourself first without ever thinking about it. God is worthy of us honoring him with our lives. But it's a choice that has to be made every day. Well, it's uh, just after eight. (laughs) And uh, we're, we're just getting started on that, so let's go ahead and stop right here. Well, thank you for your goodness and mercy. And we thank you, Lord, that you are worthy of all. And you're worthy of us laying down our lives at your feet. And Lord, we pray that you help us, Lord, to get ourselves out of the way and stop making ourselves what we want the priority. And help us to live for you and what's right in your eyes. Lord, please, Holy Spirit, I pray that you please just help us to, to order our lives in such a way as is pleasing to you. And is, uh, Lord, glorifying to you and a blessing to those around us. Lord, bless uh, our families, our homes, Lord, You know, each and every need that was brought into church with us tonight. We pray that you please meet the needs and, uh, and we pray for all the prayer requests that were mentioned tonight, Lord. We know you know how to meet those needs too and we thank you for what you do for your faithful. And we ask all these things and thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.